I'm Mary Jo Bang. I'm reading from my translation of Dante's Inferno. I'm going to read Canto Three, which is where Dante and his guide, the Roman poet Virgil, arrive at what is the vestibule of hell. They look up and they see some writing above the gates of hell. Welcome to the city of woe. Welcome to everlasting sadness. Welcome to the grave cave. Justice made the maker build it just like this with primitive love and bricks of wisdom. If being is power, power created it, i.e. it is. Before this, there was nothing that wasn't eternal and after nothing but the eternal. You who have no hope, enter here. These words in soot and all in caps as if by a hurried hand were scrawled on the stone overhead above a creaking door. Sir, I said, this is harsh. He spoke like an expert nephew to a drunkard uncle. Now you need to leave behind your fear. Now you need to kill your cowardice. We're where I said we'd come to, the place where you'd see the wretched dead who've lost the aid of their intellect. He touched my hand as if to tell me all would be all right. Then we crossed over from where we'd been into the inner sanctum that houses hidden things. The starless air was echoing with countless sighs, horrific cries, extended loud laments. I was in tears as I listened. The angry accents, the strident utterances, the striking hands, the near deafening chorus of a million dolls' dark inner voices crying, Mama, 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 veered off walls and swirled around and around like sand in a storm becomes one with the wind that carries it. And I, circled by horror, said, Sir, what am I hearing? Who are these people so overcome by grief? He said, This is the inheritance of the contemptible, who did nothing wrong but nothing right. They blend together with that band of vile angels who didn't rebel, but who also didn't stand with God, but only for themselves in selfishness. To preserve its beauty, heaven threw them out. Deepest hell doesn't want them, since the truly wicked would be able to gloat. We're worse, we're truly depraved. I asked, what torments them? Why do they cry so loud and so unremittingly? He answered, I'll tell you quickly. They wish to die, but cannot. Their blind lives are so empty, so without reprieve, they envy the nothing that an ending would be. They're not meant to be remembered. Mercy turns her back. Justice disdains them. They're not worth our attention. Look, and then let's go. I caught sight of a banner flitting about so restlessly and moving forward so fast it seemed unable to take a stand. It was followed by a sad and endless train of people racing after. Never had I dreamed death had so many sycophants. I saw some I recognized and then the ghost of one who'd stood down when faced with doing good and chose instead to be a coward. I knew incontestably this scourge, these despicable cowards were the enemies of both Jekyll and Hyde. They'd never lived and now would never die. Naked as the day they were born, bitter wasps and hornets covered them. Blood trickled between their tears. This sorry, sticky mixture dripped from their chins to their feet and into the mouths of maggots. Farther on, beyond these, I saw a crowd gathered at the bank of a wide river. 
I ask my guide, could you please tell me who these are and why they're waiting with such eagerness to board the boat I can barely make out in the distance? He told me, hush, it will all be clear when we reach the bank of the miserable river Acheron. I was afraid I'd annoyed him by asking, so I stared at my feet and stayed quiet until we reached the river. Then, out of nowhere, there was an old man with white hair coming toward us in a boat, growling, Give it up, you scum uncles. You'll never see the sky again. Like Red Rover, I'm taking you over to the other side, where you'll eat and drink perpetual darkness. Your naked asses will feel the furnace and the ice. And you, with the beating heart, step away from the dead. When I stood my ground, he said, You can't get to where you're going from here. You need the dinghy marked P for purgatory. That one leaves from a different pier. Virgil said, Karen, calm down. We were standing on the ramp. It's been decided where decisions are made. His passport has a stamp. Now leave it alone. The hairy cheeks of the boatman, king of the river rats, went slack. His fire eyes flared, but he kept silent. The weary and naked ones, however, went ashen and gritted their teeth as soon as they heard his vicious speech. They cursed God, their parents, the human race, the moment of their conception, their father's seed, the space between their mother's legs and the bed where they were made. Then they moved as one, as if conjoined, sobbing all the while, along the evil shore that awaits any and all who fail to fear God, where demon Karen his eyes like hollow furnaces filled with fire, herds them together with a nod or beckons with a bent finger, smacking the stragglers with his oar. Fall signals the tree to drop its leaves, and it does, one after the other, until the branch looks down and sees a blanket on the ground. Like that, Adam's wicked children leave the shore, one by one, when summoned, the way trained birds come when called with a tin whistle. Then they go over the murky water. Before the boat has landed on the far side, a new group is already huddled naked on the near. Now, said my teacher, to your earlier question, the ones you see here have died before making amends. They come from every known country. The reason they're so eager to cross the river is that the desire for divine justice prompts them. The very thing they fear is precisely what they want. The good never board the boat. So if Karen curses both your shoes and the dirt beneath your feet, perhaps you now know why. At that, the pitch dark plain shook. Every aspect of that moment is burned into my brain. The cold sweat inside my clothes, the hot wind that rose off the ground wet with tears, the massive crimson camera flash that lit the night scene and turned us red. I lost it and dropped, like someone seized by narcoleptic sleep. This was a selection from Inferno, read by its author, Mary Jo Bang. You can hear more from Mary Jo in her interview as a part of the Washington University Creative Writing Summer Podcast Series, Retellings. Inferno was released in 2012 by Grey Wolf Press. It is Mary Jo's first translation.